was desperate, you know, at the time I was 17, 18, unemployed, you know, and I was desperate to, you know, to get a break. And I knew that if I did get a try, I would, you know, I would grab the chance. I think it was always going to be boxing. I mean, I stepped into the gym as a 10 or 11 year old. Boxing just took hold of my heart straight away. I love everything about the sport of boxing. Hello, I'm Marie Crow, and this is We Become Heroes, the RTE sport podcast that explores how elite athletes and sports people reach the top of their game and the lessons that they learned along the way. Now, I'm delighted to say that my guest today is Ireland hockey star, Nikki Daly. Nikki, you're so very welcome. Um, it's been a while now since the Olympic Games, but they're still pretty fresh in people's minds. Uh, has the, does the come down end? Does it ever end? Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose it's... It's been a it's been an adjustment, um, to say the least. I think it's you know you spend so long and and with COVID we had that extra year. So you know we've been talking about Tokyo twenty twenty for two years, um, since you qualified in in November two thousand nineteen. Um, so you know you just it's it's all about Tokyo. It's all about the Olympics. You know every single day for two years, you can only really see up to that point, and then you know the aftermath aftermath comes and. It's yeah. It's you just you never thought about it. You you didn't really you know plan for it or or what it might feel like or what it might be like. So I think it's just yeah. It's been it's been a bit emotional. Like the come down. You know you reflect back on on that short time frame that you were in the Olympics. Yet there was such a big build up. Um, and I suppose yeah, reflecting on it and you know how it went. But then also the fact that it's over and and you just kind of just. just you know, go back to, to what a normal life is. And, and that's been, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting trying to find out what that normal life is for the last few weeks. I know a lot of the athletes now that go to the Olympic Games, they do talk quite a bit about the difficulty of that come, back, come down. And there does seem to be supports put in place for people so that almost before the Olympic Games, they're prepared for what's going to happen afterwards. Does, do things like that help? And, and, and what kind of supports did you guys have? Yeah, like that's that's a hundred percent. I mean, I've just been actually using the support uh, network as much as I can since I got back. Like Sport Ireland have um, sort of sports psychologists in place, S and C, because it's it's quite easy to to you know come away from that and all that structure and all that um, you know every day of being in that that program to then you know coming back from such a big event and and having to deal with a lot of it on your own. Um, so it's been great to be able to have the support network from Sport Ireland. Like it's definitely been a huge help for me anyway, um, in terms of the psychology and just having someone to talk to and understand it because they've they've worked with so many different athletes um, that have gone before. Um, so that's been that's been such a help. And I'd imagine as well for someone like you who is one of the more experienced players and often something big might define whether a career keeps going or finishes. Do you did you come back from the Olympic Games, try and readjust, and, and are you facing a decision now as well about your future in sport? Yeah, absolutely. Like it's been, you know, for me, obviously, I've been in the team now for twelve years, and the Olympics was always sort of the goal to get there. And you know, it it took us twelve years. Well, it took me twelve years anyway to get there. And yeah, I think I've always seen the end of the cycle, like the age that I'm at, the time I've spent in the the program. As coming to the end and and yeah I'm, I'm sort of in that process now of of figuring out like what the future holds um and yeah I think it's it's good to take the time um you know 
post the Olympics when emotions are a little bit all over the place to kind of really assess, you know, where I am in, in my life and in my hockey career. And I think I've just been taking that time since I got back from the Olympics to, to figure all that out. So anyone that's got to know you since hockey really catapulted into people's consciousness a few years ago um, knows that you have a lot of interest as well outside of hockey, which has been pretty fascinating. Um, seeing a, a woman involved in motorsport and, and hearing your story and, and the life that you've had in that as well. Does it help when you have other things as well that you're interested in? Like, I think it's fair to say, Nikki, hockey doesn't define you. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I've always loved the fact that I've had other interests and, you know, motorsport's been a passion just as much as hockey has been sort of for my whole life, you know, growing up in a motor racing family, I, it, it was just in me from a very young age. And yeah, like, I think, you know, one of the things that, and I, and I did, I was so into hockey at uh, one stage where it was like, God, I have, I have nothing else. Like if I, if I don't sort of start to explore other options and and that was when I, I really started to kind of explore the motorsport side especially when we you know we didn't qualify for Rio that time in 2015 I decided I would go and explore this other passion and it was probably the best thing I, I did because you know you, you realize there's a lot more out there and you know there's there's other um opportunities out there as well and I got to meet a, a whole you know new network of people that um yeah, and I learned a lot more about myself in a different capacity of just hockey. Um, so yeah, having having other outlets is definitely definitely helps then as well when it comes to sort of the transition phase or you know if, if things aren't going too well with hockey, you can have that sort of break away and focus on something else. Yeah, it does yes. sound like it's such an important part of of being a sports person, just having those other things that you can turn to when time gets tough. Right, I'm going to get into my questions now, Nikki. So. Um, Trip down memory lane for you. Just can you tell me first your earliest memory of sport? Um, yeah, I was thinking about this one. And like my earliest, earliest memories are obviously like probably watching my dad race in Mandela Park because that was where I spent my weekends from the time I was born. So I, I do remember that. Like other memories I have then are probably watching Formula One on the TV with my dad. Um, and then like it was either... Manchester United on the TV that we were watching or it was Formula One. So probably earliest memories, you know, of sport in, in that general sense is probably racing and and watching Manchester United. But for me, like for me, playing sport is probably, you know, kicking football in the schoolyard with the lads in primary school is probably my earliest memory of, of playing sport. So. so who were your heroes then when you were growing up? Well, like obviously my dad, um, my uncle, you know, I, I was I was just so inspired by what he achieved, you know, getting all the way to Formula One. Um, I thought that was, yeah, incredible. And then probably like the likes of Eric Cantona was one of my heroes. You know, I, I was a big Manchester United fan when I was younger. Um, and yeah, you know, that team, Eric Cantona, Roy Keane, all those guys in, during that era were, yeah, probably my my biggest heroes then so was there I know that like hockey is obviously what we associate you with now but were there other sports that you were interested in and played when you were young yeah I absolutely loved everything anything I put my hand to I was you know hand up I'll do it it was you know I loved sports um in primary school I played you know just football in the schoolyard but then we got introduced to Gaelic football um in fifth class and I just was like you know I didn't come from a GA background 
hadn't watched it didn't know anything about it but I was like this is brilliant it's like football but you can hold it and you can run with it and it was <laughs> and it was real free-flowing sort of game and and I just I, I just took to it straight away um and I played everything in school you know like we had quick cricket at one stage we were a very small primary school but you know we had a principal who, who wanted to kind of introduce as many sports as possible and that just suited me down to the ground so but yeah I think you know it Gaelic football probably became the, the prominent one then because there was a team outside of school that I, I started to play with um, in my local club and it just brought a whole new meaning to, to sport, I think, at that stage for me. So, When did you realise then that you were good at sport, that you had some talent for it? Um, I think when I, when I started playing Gaelic with the club and then I left and I went to secondary school and... I was still playing Gaelic football and they created this under 14 team. Um, and we were very new. It was a new team. We weren't, you know, in any sort of a high division or, or league or anything like that. But I remember getting a trial to go for the Dublin under 14 Gaelic team. And then I made the team. And that was the first time that I was like, okay, this isn't just like kicking ball in the schoolyard or, you know, kicking ball with just my, my friends in school at a local team. It was, that was the first time I'd really kind of, you know, I'd seen it as maybe a big thing or a big team that I that I got to play on. So I think that was probably the first time that I'd made sort of that that recognition that oh, this is kind of a big deal. Like, what were you dreaming of then, though, from from a sporting point of view? Like, where when you know we obviously have the can't see, can't be, and I think it's been a phenomenal success when you think of young girls dreaming now of um, following in certain people's footsteps. What did you want to be from a sporting perspective? I think that's yeah I didn't really have I didn't really have a set goal you know like I didn't get on the under 14 Dublin team and think oh I want to play for Dublin seniors or anything like that and you know at under 14 I was also I'd just been introduced to hockey now at this stage as well and I'd never heard of hockey before I was actually really reluctant to, to play the sport and real stubborn like my mom would tell a story about how I just you know didn't want to learn it didn't want anything to do with it um, because like I, I was so into Gaelic football, but again, I didn't understand sort of the pathway or I didn't understand that there was an All-Ireland or anything like that because it didn't come from a family who spoke about it or watched it or anything like that. And really, like what I really wanted to be was probably a racing driver. <laughs> but, um, you know, my dad passed away when I was 14, so that didn't become an option for me after that point but um so I just I, I just loved sport and you know I I was probably had quite a bit of natural talent that I just took to things quite well and it was more just I wanted to keep playing it because I, I really liked it um and whatever it kind of led me to to do that was I think that's the way it sort of panned out for me I didn't really have these mm -hmm. aspirational goals not until anyway I got to maybe 20 whenever I got introduced to the senior women's team hockey team and I had a meeting with the the coach at the time and it was at the time where I had to make a decision am I going to keep playing football with Dublin am I going to you know go and, and join the national team for hockey more seriously and you know that conversation he he mentioned the Olympics and you know all I remember from the conversation is my name and the Olympics in the same sentence and that stuck with me and that was the first time it was like whoa I could you know, could I actually become an Olympian? And like, could this could this be real? Because at that time, I had no idea that hockey was an Olympic sport. I didn't, you know, I was so 
sheltered maybe in terms of my knowledge of sport um, at that stage. So we just didn't have it though. Like, you know, it wasn't there to be seen. We didn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't hockey teams on the telly or Gaelic football finals were rare enough even to, to see back then. It's mad really when you think about it that like it's not that long ago and those pathways, they weren't visible. But yet you've had a career now where you have completely, um, you've been so central to the evolution of women's sport and the Can't See, Can't Be campaign. And like you're, it's such a short space of time. I find it really hard to get my head around it that there's all these girls now who grow grow up wanting to be you, yet you grow up not knowing who you wanted to be because you couldn't see anybody. Yeah, it's it is. It's it's crazy. Like, and I think I I think I, I that's maybe why I love the whole women in sport thing as much as I do because it it wasn't there when when I was growing up, you know. And if anything, I just want whatever my brother was doing, I want to do what he was doing, and he he was a year ahead of me. So, you know, and. The school we were in every second year we were in the same classroom because it was two classes in one so I was playing on the same team as him you know for Gaelic football and and, and football in the schoolyard and then he joined a soccer team you know Leicester Celtic and I wanted to play on I was like can I play and they're like no I'm sorry but I'd go to all the games and mm-hmm. and like that it just wasn't the same for for the girls when we were growing up and I think that's why I'm probably you know quite passionate now about women in sport and women in motorsport and and I just love to see how far we've come in such a short space of time it is it's fantastic like yeah it, look it's about equality of opportunity and the fact that yes. you didn't have a soccer team that you could play for even though you lived in Dublin and the amount of girls around the country that couldn't walk out the front door and find a soccer club anywhere close to them to to play for it was pretty phenomenal but it is definitely changing and you guys have played such a, a big part in that. But just on, on your talent and your love of sports, like you obviously had athletic ability and talent, but you do have a passion for sport as well. Do you think that came from your dad? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because my dad actually wasn't great at sport. He was really good at, at racing. like, And, and maybe that's because, you know, watching Derek and, and they were just so into cars, like that was their thing. I actually think maybe a lot of my talent came from my mom. Like she was actually very, she played a bit of hockey, nothing to a high level, like, but she she played, I think she she told me she got like tennis trials for Ireland. Like she was a big tennis player. And um, her dad, my granddad was a professional snooker player. And I think some of my like hand-eye coordination and, um, you know, there's, I think there's a bit of, a lot of different aspects to my talent that come from, Probably both. I think my, I definitely get my drive from my dad. You know that sort of the passion and the drive and the and the energy to to want to succeed um, from him. But I think maybe more of my my finer I don't know what you call it like <laughs> motor whatever probably comes from my mom's side of the family a little bit more than my dad's. Like so, yeah. That's really interesting, actually, because a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of from a, a genetic point of view, I, I think a lot of sports talent does come from the mother. And I've, I've read quite a lot of articles as well um, about that. So it is pretty fascinating. And then just in terms of when you were younger and you were, you know, kind of going on a bit of a road with sports. I know hockey was kind of came second after after football. But what kind of things did you work on just from an athletic point of view when you were developing? Um, so, like, when I was younger, I, I probably didn't have a huge amount of, like, specialised coaching or anything like that. You know, you had... You know, when I started playing football, it was our principal who was now he was mad and he was a carry man and he was like mad into GAA. So, you know, he was all this sort of like, come on, come on, come on on the sideline. And it was just that, you know, the more motivational speaking than really coaching you about the game. And I think 
that suited me because I was such an instinctive player. I just relied on my my talent, you know, that that kind of um, that instinct and that raw talent was what I relied on. I had no knowledge of the game whatsoever. And I was the same with hockey when I was in school. I always relied on the natural talent and the instinct more than understanding the game. So I think that's what I had to work on a lot when I was growing up. And then also the mindset, like I wasn't a hugely confident person and that didn't, and that kind of transferred over to playing. I wasn't hugely confident when I played. And like, especially when I got to the senior women's hockey team, you know, I had to work so hard. It was my uncle actually, Derek, who helped me a lot with understanding how the mind works and how that can, you know, how you can actually sabotage your own playing abilities through your own mindset and it was trying to yeah like flip that mindset to to being more positive and and trying to allow myself to unlock this kind of potential that I had inside me but I was sort of afraid to to let it you know to unlock it or unleash it or any you know why do you think that was I just lacked confidence a little bit I think maybe it was a little bit due to the fact that I relied so much on this natural talent and this instinct that when it got to a more serious level, there was a lot more to the game. And I just didn't understand. I didn't know what press was. I didn't know. And it's funny, like, because I now I would would, would like to think that I, I read the game quite well and I understand the press quite well. And, and, I, and it took me a while to get to that point. But initially, you know, like, I, again, I didn't have a huge amount of coaching. I didn't play club hockey. I didn't, you know, it was just, I was on a bit of a, you know, this path that, I wasn't really developing a huge amount, but I had this enough natural talent to get me to where I needed to be. But once he got to sort of the highest level or that like international level, then I started to realize, okay, I actually don't know a huge amount about this game. I'm just here because I'm, you know, I'm naturally skillful or naturally athletic or anything like that. And and I think that maybe where the confidence then dipped a little because I was like, oh, I don't know this. And, and I, everything else just comes so easy to me, you know. Um, and so I had to work really hard at it, you know, like I, I really did. I have, I have this book that I swear by and I brought it to every sort of tournament with me and it's called Performance Thinking. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm quite into that now, like understanding the mind and how it works and how it can, can feed your performance. So that's also quite interesting as well because so many people have that natural talent and you know you hear all these stories oh that guy or girl they were the most talented player that I ever saw but they didn't put the work in afterwards when they got to that level so you obviously you had enough of an awareness that you needed to put in that work and that you did put in that work to to be able to succeed at that level was there a moment when you thought right I belong here like I can make it this is this is the level that I'm at I'm, I'm at the top level here yeah, and, and it all ties into this sort of mindset thing, definitely in the confidence, because I remember I remember in 2011, right? So I got my first cap for Ireland in 2010. And in 2011, we played, um, it's called Champions Challenge, and it was in Dublin. But at the time, you had a squad of 18, but only 16 played, right? So, and you could bring in, you could change players for different games. And I was always, you know, that first year, year and a half to nearly two years I was the player in and out of selection all the time you know and this is where I was kind of like okay yeah I'm not I haven't really got got it all together here because I'm I'm always in and out or whatever and I remember sitting in the stand watching one of the games we were playing against South Africa and we got thumped like 4-0 and I was watching these players and I was just like god I'm never gonna be able to do that <laughs> like I'm never gonna get to that level like god they're just they were so fast they look so skillful 
and everything. And then, you know, that was when I, I suppose I was starting to recognize that I had a lot more to, to do and a lot more to learn and a lot more growing and developing to do. Um, and then, it, you know, when I started to put all this work in, we went to the, the Rio qualifier in Valencia in 2015. And we were, we were on a, like, we were on such a, you know, progression, like the trajectory was like just going up and up and up for the Irish women's team. And and we topped our group in that, but the opening game against South Africa, again, you know, it was the same team that has, I had watched in 2011 and thought I can never, I can never, you know, play to that level. And I scored this goal and, you know, they, they termed it or coined it a wonder goal. And and it really was, it was, okay, it was a great goal, but the deeper meaning of it for me was that like I finally unlocked my potential. It was like, yes, I can do this on the international stage. And that was sort of the turning point for me to, to really give me the, you know, that, that satisfaction and the the feeling of I can do this. I can do this. And that was, I needed to, to unlock it. I needed to do it in an international game and in a big game and an important game to kind of give me that validation that I was good enough and I, I could do it. So and it just so happened to be against that team that I I was looking at, you know, four years earlier and going, oh, no, we can never get to that level. Like, so it's interesting, you know. Class to have that benchmark as well, like to be aware yeah. of that moment and to be able to kind of draw from it and, and understand as well that you're, whatever you're doing is working it and you're moving in the right direction. So what about set, setbacks then? For you, what was the biggest setback that you had to overcome? <clears throat> um, I suppose, you know, Losing my dad at 14 was was a big, you know, big change in my life. And um, that was obviously the biggest setback, you know, how to overcome that with somebody who, you know, I'd, I'd looked up to for so long and he was sort of a hero of mine. He was a hero of mine anyway. Um, you know, that was that was hard, obviously. Um, but I think I, I found, you know, sport was was what probably got me through it you know like just an intense a really intense period after that of just wanting to play hockey and you know I struggled in school like I wasn't a big academic person at all and you know was only there to kind of you know count down the time until I could get out and go training and and just wanted to just kept playing just you know that was my way of probably blocked out a lot of you know what I should have been dealing with but it was easier for me to just move like keep going with with hockey and keep keep playing sport like that was sort of the outlet for me um and yeah I think in terms of hockey then probably the that that same competition in 2015 when we didn't qualify for Rio you know it was like I at that time I felt we had made so much progression as an Irish team and we had done so well in that tournament topping our pool and beating teams like USA and you know just it was just incredible like how well we had played it was so hard to see after that whether we could get any further and that was the way we felt at the time and it was it just felt like I had given everything personally that I could give like training mental physical emotional everything um it just felt like oh my god I don't know if I have any anything else to give <laughs> like I don't know what more if I can be any better or if I can do any more and as a team I think we maybe felt like that but I think the fact that we we all stuck together. There was a core group there that kind of stuck together and was like, no, we're, we're going to, we've unfinished business here. Like let's, let's keep going. And then with the sort of influx of some younger players that, yeah, it just, it, 
that was probably one of the biggest yeah setbacks as, as well like in terms of hockey well it's one that worked out then because you did get to go on and <clears throat> go to the Olympic Games and, and hit that goal and that target what for you or sorry who for you had the biggest impact on your career um I think I, I'd probably say my uncle because um you know transforming that mindset definitely was the key to me staying on the team and <laughs> and, and and actually like yeah showing my potential and, and playing to the ability that I knew was in there but I just couldn't quite get it out and I think if I hadn't done that I probably would have you know would have felt like I had this sort of wasted talent you know that I couldn't because it, it doesn't matter how talented you are if you can't show it then it's it's no good you know um so I think he was probably he probably had the biggest impact because that really that was a big turning point like when I could sort of understand the mindset a little and and train it and and use it in the right way so how did you do that because <laughs> um it's a bit complex I suppose but it's yeah I mean it's just I think the biggest thing for me was having a lot more awareness in the moment so like you know you, you hear about high performance and um especially when it comes to the mindset it's all about this like execution in the moment so you know to execute in the moment you have to be so aware of of yourself in the moment as well and and your emotions and you know understanding that your emotions dictate your behavior was a big thing as well because you know when you when you make a mistake and so suddenly you are, you feel bad and you you beat yourself up and you know without being aware of that in the moment you end up being out of the game for it could be like 20 seconds or it could be five minutes like you know you could be just constantly like replaying that one mistake in your your mind and it's it's being able to sort of like shift really quickly between you know okay mistake get rid of that move on what's the next thing and and, and allowing yourself to stay in that moment present in that moment all the time and executing those skills and you know you, you practice that's what you practice all the time but you don't always practice the mindset maybe that goes along with it so that was and, and visualization was another big uh, element that I relied heavily on like because you know if you can have these images at the forefront of your mind of you doing things well um and always going back to them and replaying them replaying them then replaying them it's like you know giving yourself those affirmations that this is what this is what I do you know I don't make mistakes and don't dwell on these mistakes um so that's a little bit of 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 what I kind of learned and and tried to bring into my game as much as possible a little bit of sports psychology so what about <laughs> the performances when you think about the player that you wanted to be when you started uh, taking hockey pretty seriously is there a performance that defines what you're about as a player um I'd like to think that you know when I played well I I was somebody who you know used my uh, you know attacking skill set which was like eliminating and creating play and creating that impact using my skills um and you know also then because I had worked so hard on developing this other side of the, the tactical side of the game, you know, reading the game really well and intercepting balls, you know, just being able to kind of understand what the opposition were trying to do and, and negate that maybe by positioning and, and helping the players in front of me position to, to stop them from being a threat. And so, yeah, like when I, when I felt I read the game quite well, you know, created play, impacted the game with an attacking fast style of hockey 
that was probably me at my best. You know, I didn't really score a huge amount of goals, you know, and um, wasn't really more my thing. I think I preferred the sort of creating the impact and, and the play um, to kind of set the goals up. <laughs> An important part as well. And yeah. what about successes then? Like what for you was your greatest success? Um, oh, I think there's, well, I think this year has been the most challenging year for me. Um, I had, numerous injuries and I was in and out of training and had a lot of reduced load and stuff like that I actually think that you know getting selected for Tokyo was probably one of the biggest just because of the challenging year like I mean it was such a stress I'd never felt under as much pressure than I did this year and I had such limited time on the on the pitch to be able to you know make my claim to to be selected and it was just it was so difficult you know like I was battling an injury where I had you know multiple injections and things like that and I didn't play a huge amount in Europeans and it was just really difficult and you kind of end up in this like vulnerable position where you feel you have no control over it but I suppose it goes back to the mindset then you know you always have control over how you act and how you choose to see it and I knew I'd regret it if I didn't you know at that there came a stage where it's like I could either make excuses here and I could say, oh, you know, I'm injured. And that's why I didn't get picked or whatever. Or I could continue to just take the challenge on and see exactly what I could do and challenge myself in that moment of that limited time that I had. Can I get it right? Can I do enough for the coach to say, yeah, you've, you've done enough. I'm, I'm going to bring it. And it was it was just pressure that I was putting on myself, but it was pressure that existed as well because I had to do enough in those short amount of times you know on the pitch to to make him feel like he could trust me and he could bring me and and I I you know play play well or whatever um and so that was yeah that was really difficult year this year so I think that was a, a massive individual success for me um but you know like from a team perspective I think obviously the world cup is is number one and, and everything we achieved in that and it wasn't just about the silver medal it was what we did you know, in terms of a legacy and and what we did to inspire the next generation after that and just put hockey on the map in Ireland, you know. Um, and then to back that up with, with qualifying for the Olympics, that was, you know, again, both personal and from a team perspective, that's always been the ultimate goal is to, to qualify for the Olympics. So that's definitely uh, the big, the other big success, I think. It sounds like it was a really stressful year though. Like, did you enjoy it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I enjoyed it once selection was made and, and I really did. I remember speaking to my uncle after selection and, and that felt like just more of a relief. Like I was just like the weight of the world had been lifted off my shoulders. Um, but, you know, I said to him, I was like, this, I'm going to make sure I, I am so present for everything, you know, like every single day in that, like the holding camp. I enjoyed the holding camp so much because, you know, it just was like, this is it. Like this is we're this is here to be enjoyed and you know the hard work is over the pressure's off everything's off just go out now and enjoy not just the hockey but enjoy every other bit of it and so I just made sure that I was really really in the moment like you know throughout the whole Olympic experience from the minute we got on the plane I think I must have taken over like (laughs) 4,000 pictures or something so yeah so you mentioned legacy there, and it is one of my questions. What do you think will be your legacy? It's a hard one, I know. Yeah, well, I think, like I, I kind of touched on it there, like from a team perspective, you know, we're, our legacy, I think, is the fact that 
you know, we've we've put hockey in a better position than than what it was when when I started playing anyway. And you know, the fact that that people know about it now, and the fact that young girls know who some of the Irish hockey players are, um, you know, I think that's massive. That's a massive legacy to to know that you've inspired a generation, you've put it on on the map, and and that you know, looking at, at the team now, they've just qualified for another World Cup. I mean, that's the legacy is continuing all the time, and I think. Yeah, I think if you can leave, you know, the jersey or the team in a better place or in a good place, um, I think that's as good a legacy as you can probably leave behind, you know. So what's next for you then? Oh God, that's, <laughs> that's the toughest question you've asked. <laughs> um, you know, for for the moment, I think it's just, you know, just taking time to, you know, do the simple things. Um there's obviously a lot of things I want to do. I, I certainly want to find new challenges, you know, like I think with sports, you always, you're always working towards something. And I think I will need that in my life. Like, I don't think I can just, you know, go about life and be like, oh yeah, it's grand. I'll what I do today. I think I'll need another purpose or a challenge or something to, to work towards. So I'm kind of allowing myself time to figure out what that is and, enjoying the simple things for once and enjoying friends and family and just yeah doing doing whatever you know whatever I, I want <laughs> for the next next while but yeah I'm sure there'll be there'll be a challenge or, or a project in there somewhere and I certainly will you know continue my passion with motorsport and and formerly female and you know the go girls karting that I'm I'm working on with motorsport Ireland at the minute is is certainly um something I'm really passionate about so I'll, uh, that'll be sort of the immediate future anyway. Well I am looking forward to see what comes next and to following whatever career you end up in I'm sure there'll be uh, there'll be lots to come for you, from you Nikki. Thank you so much for doing this and thanks as well for all those days in green and for helping change the landscape for women's sport and inspire a generation of girls and boys along the way as well and Thanks everybody for watching and listening. Please subscribe, like and leave a review.